Episode 15 of The Dregs. Guys, we are back to our regularly scheduled programming, although it's been nice to have guests in the last two episodes, but but it's just us for this one. I have to say welcome back to the North American continent to Luke. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing good. Uh, still a little jet lagged. Actually, I should say I'm not jet lagged, but we're secondhand jet lagged from, from our daughter. So she's not really letting us get a, a full night's sleep, but that's all right. We'll eventually bounce back. I think 18 years from now, we'll get a decent sleep <laughs> or maybe more like 35 when she moves out. <laughs> yeah, that seems more realistic for, for Vancouver. So that was uh, Luke from Van Pours, And now we have Chris from Van Pours. How you doing, bud? What up? What up? We caught up a few times while Luke was away. So yeah, it's good to see you that we did. in person. So starting off the show with as Luke cracks the can open there. But Chris, you already have yours. What are you drinking to start this episode off? Yeah, so I'm sipping on the Autopop Session Sour with passion fruit from Blood Brothers Brewing out of Toronto. My wife, Sabrina, was I'm over for a quick trip in Toronto. And, you know, when she went, she, she said before she left, do you want me to bring you anything? And I'm like, you know, you're there for a few days for work. Like, don't worry about it. But if you happen to stumble by an LCBO, which I'm like, she herself would like never go into an LCBO. But I'm like, if you happen to stumble past one, maybe you can pop in and here's my list of all the beers I'd like you to bring. <laughs> Position it as like, if like, you don't have to do this. And then of course, I gave her like a curated list with like Instagram photo references. So yeah, she came through in the clutch. She got me some, she actually was at a restaurant near Blood Brothers and then ended up pretty much stumbling into Beer Brothers, picking me up this beer and another bomber that I'm going to probably try when I get back from LA. And then she brought me another one from Bellwoods Brewing, which I'm excited to try. So yeah, this um, Autopop though is nice and light, but packing some serious tang to it. Super fruit forward. It's got like a pretty pretty thick body actually. Yeah, it's it's really good. I haven't tried a lot from Blood Brothers Brewing because like, we, you know, we don't, they don't It doesn't make really, it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not many. Like you might see a few specialty stores that have them. I mean, the most I ever had, I think was, I think they had a couple pouring at Farmhouse Fest and, mm -hmm. you know, but that's a special event, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, made the trek safely from Toronto and it's tasting mighty delicious. All right. Luke, what did you just crack open? I am working on post trip, whatever's left in the fridge vibes. So not as luxurious as an import as Chris is drinking. Nonetheless, I am having a delicious beer, which is the Fieldhouse Salted Black Porter. Seems like a strange choice for a 25 degree evening or whatever it is out there. But um, hey, it's a delicious beer. You didn't bring any bathtub liquor back from Slovakia? Or no, in not suitcase this time. Or what? <laughs> no, we did bring a. We brought a bottle of wine from Sicily and we brought a bottle of Becherovka, which is like a herbal Slovak liqueur, which I'm pretty sure I've mentioned on the show before. And uh, I'm really switching it up and having a warm drink this evening, just to warm up the voice for a podcast recording. A um, true professional, eh? You know, yeah. From our from our local company here in Vancouver called Bloom. This is their cacao and turmeric blend, which is oh nice cacao powder, turmeric, cinnamon. Uh, some ginger root, some nutmeg, ashwagandha, and some freshly cracked black pepper. That nice. sounds unreal. I've been making my mochas in the morning uh, with with it, and it's been pretty pretty fantastic. So it's nice to have it without coffee as well. 
So what do you just mix that with hot water? Hot water, a little bit of milk, away you go. Or I put coffee in it in the morning. And Nice. I think I've seen that at a store here in U.S. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure how long they've been around for it. Um, so, but yeah, really, really enjoying that. But, you know, I might crack open a beer in a little bit. So we put the call out and because uh, we have fans. The dregs, the dregs bat signal, if you will. Yeah, the dregs bat <laughs> signal, and we we got we got a couple of questions that came in. I think uh, we shouldn't keep the people from waiting. Uh, we should just go right into what we got. So uh, we actually got a voice memo. Let's check this out. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Mike from the Beer Brothers. Yeah, so I'm just gonna call in and ask um, when is this big uh, podcast beer tour going to be happening in the Okanagan? I know at the end of. Uh, the coffee episode, you guys had uh, talked about coming to Penticton and checking out the breweries. And it's been a while since you guys have been up here. And I guess a bonus question is, um, I guess not really a question, more of an ask. Uh, when is part two of Love at First Brew going to be released? Anyways, that's it. Uh, yeah, see you guys soon. Bye. Man, we got a super fan there naming episode titles and everything. I'm impressed. He knows he knows our episodes better than probably we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that first brew though. That was a that was a fun one, and I think that we recorded that uh, part one and part two actually one year ago, right? That was like uh, Canada yeah. Day Eve, I think. Yeah, it was just post Heat Dome. Yeah, so it's around this time last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. the lost tapes. I don't know. Should we release that this Canada Day? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe a Christmas release. <laughs> just I'm not saying which Christmas, but maybe a Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta see. We gotta we gotta post the editing bar screenshot. Yeah, for that one because the whole screen's just gonna look black. I think we're yeah. pretty much incoherent for the last quarter of that episode. If you listen to part one, we were pretty well on our way by the end of that episode. So you can only imagine that we took maybe a twenty minute break and then started right up again and taped a whole episode for part two which is never seen the light of day. And I listen back to some of it. I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if we should put this one out. So can you edit out a slur? Like, (laughs) (laughs) If you just put a little bit of auto tune on it, we might all sound sober. Just put it in reverse (laughs) and then it'll be correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that Aaron, that's not edited yet, right? No, the raw tape is somewhere. It is somewhere deep in my hard drives. So, yeah, so I still have the files, so they haven't been lost to history. But, uh, yeah, I think we we were like, mm, I don't know if we should bring out part two. So it's just it's fermenting into like a virus on your hard drive at this point. <laughs> I, or fermenting into a good beverage. Who knows? We, we need to. Potentially. Revisit, so, yeah. And the first the first question there. Yeah. Road trip. The, the people yeah. want us out on the road. We've been talking about doing something somewhere. Like I know we've mentioned maybe Seattle or, or Bellingham over the over the last couple of years. But yeah, the Okanagan as well. I'd I'd be up for it. That'd be fun. What What do you guys think? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally. pretty keen. I mean, I'm thinking bachelor party round two because because Luke and Aaron, you weren't at the first one, so I think like mm-hmm. we just <laughs> the Drake's bachelor road show. Like let's. Let's go full send on this one. Which kind of leads into this other question that we got here on Instagram. Friend of the podcast, Sean, also known as Running Beer Nerd. Uh, he says, when are you guys coming to Victoria? See, the whole province wants us. Yeah, well, the thing is, we're going to get there and he's going to ma- make us enter like a ultra marathon or something. Or he's going to make us run like a, a 10 But, but at least he has beer at waypoints. You know, there's waypoint <laughs> <That's> beers. <true. laughs> so. 
He always seems like he's like, yeah, got got the beers on deck after one of his uh, races. Yeah, that's what he does with his running buddies. So they they've worked out a circuit, and I think it's every Thursday night. They just awesome. they just put a bunch of beers in a cooler, and they all text each other in a group text and say go, and they all run the circuit, and then they all stop at each other's porches on the circuit and just have a beer as a break, and then continue. Unreal. That's how it should be done. <laughs> Victoria, though, man, like I'd love to go back. Well, we need to go visit Herald Street, so. I know, I know. Jordan Jordan definitely got us all keen after we chatted with him about kind of the story behind behind Herald Street. But for those who haven't checked out the recap of the last time I was in Victoria for a Winter Brow Festival, I believe back in 2019, I did a big recap on kind of a weekend in, in Victoria for a BCA L Trail sponsored trip. So check that out if you haven't read it on, on fanpours.com. But yeah, would love to go back. There's just... So many good restaurants and breweries and bars in Victoria. And I feel like every time you go back, there's a couple new cool places. And uh, didn't didn't Driftwood just build some epic new tasting room? I'm pretty sure Driftwood Brewing just not too long ago, a few months back, opened their their new tasting room, which would be sick to go visit. So I think the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> we yes. want to go to Victoria. <laughs> There's a long-winded reply, but... I mean, everybody's traveling at the moment, so I think we need to wait until hotel rooms come down from $700 a night. There's some, there's some hotel rooms in, that I've been looking at. I'm just like, oh, maybe I should just get out of town. And I'm just like, 600 bucks. No, oh, thanks. Geez. I'll stay home. <laughs> so, Do you think it'll just yeah. let us sleep under a picnic table at one of these outdoor patios? Because that's well, fine, you know, honestly. It's going to be warm enough. You know, thinking about it, didn't Jordan Foss say that the rooftop patio is not open at Herald Street yet. Maybe we just uh, take some tents up there and uh, we just camp out on his rooftop patio. Yeah, I mean, oh, maybe maybe like Airbnb that for us, eh? Yeah. That's using your noggin. Campsites are just as hard to come by as hotel rooms. So if if that could uh, be a possibility, that's uh, definitely worth taking. Yeah, Jordan, let us know if uh, the rooftop patio is available for camping. <laughs> we can just go squat, and then we've got squatters' rights immediately. So yeah. they they won't be able to remove us. It'll be tied up with it'll be tied up in the courts for for months. We'll be long gone. So and he mentioned too that they part of the reason that they couldn't open that patio because they had to fireproof the the ceiling and the patio or the the space between the patio and the inside. Right. So yeah, yeah. I guess we could pretty easily have some pretty big campfires up there as well with how affecting <laughs> yeah. the space below. Get the s'mores on deck. <laughs> so that's great. See, life has just a way of working out. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, thanks uh, for the listener feedback, everybody. You can send us stuff anytime. If you just go to the website, thedregs.beer, there's a little microphone icon down there on the bottom of the webpage, and you can send us a voice memo like Mike from Beer Brothers did. Or, you know, flick us something on Instagram, and uh, we'll get to it in the next episode. Beauty. Yeah, do we want to dive into some festival chatter? Yeah, because, yeah, we're talking about the nice weather. You know, we were just, we were kind of saying before this, like, hey, maybe we should have made up, met up in the park, did this episode again, because it's another lovely, nice evening. It is festival time. And the big one that's coming up that we are going to be attending, which, you know, I'm excited to be uh, involved with, with a festival again. It's a Vancouver Craft Beer Week. Chris, what is happening this year? I'm just so stoked that festivals are back, man. and. VCBW has been around for quite a few years. And when we started Van Pours, like I think VCBW is one of the first kind of like big events we went to. And when we eventually, you know, got media passes there, like just these little bloggers, like we felt like celebrities 
like in, in terms of craft beer because we're like we made it we got a media pass to vcbw lived up to the hype it, it was just an awesome time there's so many craft breweries and cideries and food trucks and just people from all over bc in town all celebrating this industry that we love obviously there's been a bit of hiatus for vcbw over the last couple of years because of the covid pandemic but they're back in full force this year at the PE Fairgrounds once again. So the VCBW is going to be running for two days, Saturday, July 9th, which is the day we'll be there. And then Sunday, July 10th. This year, they've got over 150 craft breweries and cideries. There's going to be a ton of different food trucks there. They've got a pretty solid music lineup this year too. I mean, this is a bit of a throwback, but Bedouin Sound Clash. I remember mm-hmm. going to these guys' concert, 2010 Olympics, when they played a free show in Vancouver. Awesome time. I'm just a kid from Quinnell, you know. I, I did the big <laughs> concerts. The next thing you know, it's at the Olympics. I'm watching Bedouin Sound Clash. Okay, I got guys blowing weed smoke in my face. I'm like, where the what the hell's going on? <laughs> and here they are, ten ten years, not ten years, twelve years later, and they're back. So yeah, Bedouin Sound Clash, Titus Bank, Half Moon Run, Scratch Bastard, Miss, Missy D, pretty solid music lineup, and. Tickets, there's a bunch of different options for the Saturday and Sunday, but they're starting as low as $30 per ticket. Um, so yeah, if you want to learn more, visit VancouverCraftBeerWeek.com. And we hope to see some familiar faces there. Mm, a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm excited to just kind of run around the, you know, the hour before they open the gates to like general admission, just go around and for the kind of craziness ensues, just, yeah, chat with some of the breweries and uh, just, yeah, see what kind of special beers they're pouring for the event. And yeah, it's just such a fun, such a fun event. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are some of your guys' kind of favorite memories from VCB Dub over the years? I, I don't know. It's just kind of mobbing around and just trying stuff. And it gets kind of, <laughs> it gets a little blurry pretty quick, or at least it did for me <laughs> in previous years. But I don't know. There's just such a, such a cool vibe with, you know, everybody's just so excited to try stuff and breweries yeah. and brewers and, and brewery staff are just so stoked to you know to give people tastes and show what they're doing i'm pretty excited because i mean for me for the last year with with our daughter it's been harder to get out and you know go much further than pretty close to home to try stuff so like to have a big selection of things come to you is going to be pretty uh pretty cool like a smorgasbord of uh just like hitting the buffet i guess right just load up the plate with everything a <laughs> little, little bit of everything. Yeah, I'm just looking at the lineup of logos. And yeah, there's, uh, I mean, obviously a bunch of locals there, people from the Valley, but, you know, the out-of-towners are the ones that I always really like because they've made the effort to come yeah. down and set up, right? The one that's standing out for me right away would definitely fall under a must-visit for me is Dog Mountain Brewing from Port Alberni. Great patio. So, great, great Fantastic patio. Fantastic patio. Fan, yeah, Definitely check them out. Cronog uh, Ales, I mean, classic, classic brewery from just outside of uh, Kamloops there. Who else is coming down here? Let's see. Who, I just saw their logo. And we're, oh, Coast Mountain from Whistler. Another another great brewery. Uh, and Mount Bigby's coming down as well. So, yeah, should be a good time. When you first get in, it's always like, I feel just so overwhelmed. It's like kid in a candy shop. There's just so many tents, so many options. And you're like, obviously, I'm not going to be drinking 400 beers today. So (laughs) let's narrow down to like, what are the key? So I think like, I don't know, uh, tips for people that are maybe going for the first time. Take a look at the website beforehand. Maybe like 
think of a few breweries like Aaron mentioned that pique your interest that you know you want to hit. I know in the past they've released on the website, like under each brewery, they'll even put up what beers they're pouring. And that's pretty helpful because you can go and see like which one, which breweries are pouring something like that's festival release only or seasonal. And like right away, you can dial in, okay, I'm going to, to these ones first. But there definitely gets a point like after I know in the past where I've had my plan, where I'm, I'm going to hit these couple. And then like Luke and I will go and we'll be following the plan. And then next thing you know, you're just like in the thick of it. And you're like, you know, you see the shiny, the shiny tent over there. And you're like, Ooh, what's that? And then you just start wandering around. And that's kind of the fun part of it, right? Like our house of funk with their slushy machine. That was crazy. (laughs) And I think that was like the first year they were open too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the lineup was like insane for that. So yeah, those, some of those ones you got to hit like early because the lineups just get crazy. You just said, uh, take your time first though. Now you're saying get it early. Chris, come on. Well, if you, see a, if, you, if you see a beer slushy machine on a like 30 degree day in Vancouver, that's going to have a lineup. <laughs> so yeah. go early or else like every person who's hot and kind of drunk is going to be at that place. <laughs> I don't um, know if it's just a happy accident or as a result of a festival, but I've like you go out, you, you get the ones that you've marked off like, oh, I need to go visit this one and try that and whatnot before it gets too late in the day. But then like there's certain pockets of tents. And then I just find myself like just sticking to a pocket near the end of the day because it's like like a grouping of breweries that all have really good stuff. And it's like, well, yep. why do I want to walk over there? But <laughs> nothing wrong with that either. Oh. Sometimes it's just nice if you find a place that has some shade <laughs> and you just want to chill on that too. Yeah. Tip number two, VCBW in any festival that is outdoors, make sure you're wearing sunscreen because you will get heat stroke. And you don't want to, when you're pumping beers into your system, you don't want to be dealing with that. They do have misters. I know in the past, they have misters throughout that you can go and walk through, which is a nice little little way to cool down. So hopefully they got mm-hmm. those back this year. Well, I mean, it's not uh, quite the same, but I, but I still do it at festivals. Uh, you know, it was Denver, the mile high city where I went to Great American Beer mm-hmm. Festival once. And it was my first time there. And I was in the media hold before they let us in, before the general public came in. And I asked this guy next to me who was a local Denver guy. And I'm like, right, man, it's my first time here. What's the best advice you can give me? And he's like, you're two beers in already. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're in the mile high city. You're two beers in. You need water between every beer. And I'm like, mm. that is a really good tip. And you know, if it's a really hot day in Vancouver, have a water between beers, everybody. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. So that's yeah. tip number three. You got to get the waters in 100%. I'm sure they're going to have a ton of water stations around. And I mean, food. Tip number four, definitely mix in some food, like at least once, maybe twice over the four or five hours that you're there. Three times a lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember specifically last time I went, we just, we hit that Disco Cheetah truck hard. Mm-hmm. Is that, that still around? Still Are they still there? Oh, yep, yeah, it is. Yep. I saw them recently. Okay, actually. good. I think they even have their own restaurant now. Oh, really? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That hit the spot really well. That was uh, a little shady spot under some trees and a picnic table, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And Disco Cheetah was parked close by. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the last one, too, the the BC Ale Trail trailer had many different breweries on it, but it was also under a gigantic tree. So, I mean, I was hanging out there, too. So just loaded up the website here for the food options, guys. We have Rosie's Barbecue and Smokehouse. So slow cooked Texas barbecue. That sounds very good. Jerky, uh, Singapore style short ribs. Uh, We have some Arc Spanish tapas. 
what salties is going to be there salties is so good yeah dos amigos and many more so plenty of great food options there oh the wandering mollusk some oysters during beer i remember at a steel and oak party there was a oyster man shucking a couple of years back and mm-hmm. i don't know that was one of those things that i was like i don't know if i wouldn't you know see myself eating oysters in you know 30 degree july heat drinking beer but it actually hit the spot really well so that's a that's a good thing to see on the list here it's a refreshing summer snack mm. Absolutely. I always carry around a few oysters in the in the back pocket just in case you get a little peckish during the summer. You now you're going to the beach, you just throw a couple of cushies into the back pocket, jump on the bus. Shuck off. <laughs> I'd be remiss to say if tip number five, if you're going to VCBW, make sure you're either cabbing there, taking an Uber or taking transit. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. in, unless you're being a designated driver, which totally fine too. But yeah, like be smart because yep. and it's a it's a fairly easy spot to get to it is um, an easy spot to get to yeah it's uh, on the peony fairgrounds there so uh yeah really really easy to get to and gets you right back down into the city easy spot to get to but also like the worst spot to park if you do bring a car so you might as well just take transit well you know there's lots of people that live by in the area that will you know give you a parking spot in front of their house for a discounted rate I do remember like parking in front of someone's random house. They flagged me down when I was going to the PE. I think it was with my parents like many years back. And then you're just kind of like, I guess this is what people do. Like, why not? Like, you live in the area, you could probably make a killing, like people coming in and out all day. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to park around there. Also, the big thing this year, too, is friends of the podcast, House of Funk are the official beer creators for Vancouver Craft Beer Week, right, Chris? Yeah, that's pretty hype. I mean, they've been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of years. And uh, they're doing it alongside Studio Brewing and 33 Brewing Experiment. Three heavy hitters right there. Mm-hmm. I still haven't been to Studio. I know Luke went and checked out with Brooke not long after they opened, but they seem to be putting out some pretty cool releases. I've tried a few of their, few of their beers and they've all been really solid. 33 Experiment. I mean, yeah, they've been on the up and up for many years and they actually i know 33 just opened their calgary location recently so you know they've had a ton of success in vancouver and hopefully mm-hmm. now at their new location in calgary and yeah casey and the crew over at house of funk i mean they've been killing it since they opened so because i did try that collab beer that's going to be a good one yeah so yeah. this year's special brew is a low abv saison that is both complex and sessionable i was hoping for more like a a quad ipa <laughs> Somewhere in the the (laughs) 30 to 40% range. Uh, But no, in all seriousness. Nothing like a nice big beer in the summer to (laughs) quench the palate. (laughs) No, that sounds like the perfect beer to have have there. Pretty stoked to try that. Ooh, quick question here, guys. I I still have some stickers. I still have big stacks of stickers. Do you have Van Poor stickers? I have like a couple stragglers left in my camera pocket. Okay, well, there we go. Challenge any Dregs listeners. If you spot us at VCBW, come on up, say hi. We got some stickers for you. You might even have the extremely rare limited edition Van Poor sticker if you ask. Extremely ask pixelated you. ones as well. <laughs> yeah. Because um, my dad was like, hey, I'm going to print you some stickers. I'm like, okay. And then he just took the logo file off of our website, not a high res 
file and fired him over to his sticker guy in Quinell. My dad, yes, he has a sticker guy. Okay, he's got a guy for everything. He's got a fucking sticker guy. And the guy from the sign stop just printed these stickers, high quality material, low quality image. (laughs) (laughs) But damn, do they stick. They'll stick to any surface, I tell you. (laughs) And they're not coming off. But that's like, (laughs) I feel like this is like a... It's like first edition, right? You know, when you get like a first edition book mm-hmm. and it's got a bunch mm-hmm. of misprints in it, you know, first yep. edition, Alice in Wonderland, page six has a misprint. And then it's, that's the dropping some knowledge there. bars here, buddy. So Alice in Wonderland. You, ooh. But if you, if you get one of these pixelated Van Poor stickers, like there's no more of those coming Those That's it. And there's probably only like three or four of those floating around on earth still unstuck. Luke, it's like something. It, it's like, I mean, Anybody who's in like into collectibles knows that Pokemon has been like popping off over the last couple of years and the prices for like Pokemon cards now that are in good condition are crazy, especially if you have originals. But it reminded me your your misprint comment reminded me that there is like a certain like Pokemon card edition that has the edition like there was a misprint where it's like slightly faded or something and it's worth more than like the regular ones so i think Mm -hmm. you're on to something here man i think these i think these got some serious retail value yeah maybe we should start intentionally printing some shitty stickers (laughs) (laughs) isn't this what the 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 whole baseball card thing was in the 90s they started just printing off baseball cards to to cash in on the collectors and then everybody found out that instead of one card there's like 30 million of them out there (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna make a netflix documentary about us one day (laughs) yeah i can see it now (laughs) it's gonna be a limited series i I think it's not gonna get renewed (laughs) that's that's a guarantee (laughs) but chris your story lines up exactly the same as mine because the exact same thing happened to me my dad's like hey so uh can you send your logo over and i'm like okay so i actually sent him a high res one and he just took it to his sticker guy and his sticker guy printed up like 3,000 <laughs> stickers. Why does every dad have a sticker guy? <laughs> I don't know. But like, but they did, but they just came on the sheets. They were printed out. So my dad comes with like this, this just giant tube. And I'm like, what? And then he rolls it out. He's like, made you some stickers. And I'm like, what a giant sheet with like, and he's like, no, you got to punch him out. So I have to oh sit my on the God. floor and punch him all out by hand. So that's amazing. Um, Assembly so required. What yeah. was the resolution like? Oh, they're decent. really good. I mean, they're, yeah, they're decent. They stick to everything. I um, kind of sewered my dad on this because, like, he asked me for the high res file and I just, like, forgot to send it to him. So he, he was just, like, in. Your dad has an impatient sticker guy. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Print him. <laughs> Hit the press. Yeah, yeah. Do the presses. <laughs> oh. oh, well, you know, hey. We'll see. Maybe some drag stickers might come by. We never know because apparently Chris and I got the sticker hookups. Yeah, I mean, we'll get the low res ones, the high res ones. We'll just <laughs> yep. we'll spread them all over the place. <laughs> the holographic ones. Um, that was a really solid side tangent. Um, <laughs> way to stick to the topic. Um, back to festivals. There's a couple popping up in uh, Luke's neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, the most sort of, visited location of the dregs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually say that on our website. <laughs> yeah, we got ABC's Sour in the Suburbs. Shout out to the suburbs in New West at ABC on June 25th at the brewery there. Free to enter, which is 
awesome for a little festival because free is always good. (laughs) (laughs) And they're doing a collab beer with Il Sauvage Brewing as well. And they got some rare ABC sours and beers from other BC breweries that are going to be showing up. So come on by, you know, swing out to the Burbs. The Burbs are a good place to be. Wicked beer, wicked people. Don't count out the Burbs. No, don't. The Burbs are wicked. I was just waiting. I was like, this is going to be epic. Like, this is going to be a fucking punchline. Luke has gone from graphic design to copywriting. He's about to just drop some heat and didn't disappoint. Sorry, I not Aaron walking on camera and I was, my mind drifted to what's he got there and then Wicked just came out. Yeah, Wicked nice. He's He's just eyeing my beer that I'm pouring. What are you born there, big guy? Well, I'm not going to say the name because this is in our last episode of the podcast. This is the brewery that I put on blast for naming (laughs) their beer. Oh, Ah, interesting. uh, So I'm drinking that beer. It's a really nice beer. (laughs) Enjoy (laughs) that beer. (laughs) Back to ABC. They actually just had. So this Sour in the Suburbs is part of a it's a three part festival series that they're doing. So they just had their IPA festival, which looked like a time wasn't able to make it out, but saw a lot of other beer media folk out there and enjoying some some delicious IPAs. But a collab with Il Sauvage, that's going to be money. Like they are, would you guys say they're like the best sour beer focused brewery in BC right now? One of the best maybe in Canada? Well, I mean, the Blood Brothers would be up there they're up there for sure. sours that they've done. But I Just mean, for BC, fantastic. definitely Il Sauvage. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be pretty. And ABC, they're like, they pretty much do every style well. Like they're in the mm-hmm. in the Pilsners, the IPAs, the Sours. The cream ale from them was fantastic. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. They do a lot of like more traditional styles. They get really experimental with the IPAs. So it kind of makes sense that they're doing a bunch of different festivals, a bunch of different styles, kind of showcasing the breadth of their, their brewing skills. Yeah. Check out that fest on the 25th. I'm going to try to make it out. And then they've also got a lager fest coming out in July as well. So check out their Instagram page for... Um, some kind of early details on on the Logger Fest, which 100% want to check that out because I mean we're all mm-hmm. we're all we're all Logger guys now. I think right, like yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> but props to them for just like going full out full out fest fest over here. Well, and they got the location to do it. Just yeah. a wicked fest fest, eh, Luke? Yeah, a festival of festivals. But yeah, to you know put out three sort of summer festivals that's you know especially kind of coming out of two years of or three years or i don't know eight years how long have we been in how long have i been sitting in this bedroom (laughs) people want to be out and they yeah aaron like you said they got the awesome space for it that kind of industrial area sort of parking lot out front and i don't know how far they're expanding out to it for these these festivals but it's like the whole parking lot is is it looked like pretty much the whole area is like licensed Wicked. Yeah, that's like the Oktoberfest they did a couple of years yeah. back. But yeah, it's a good time. So if anybody's free that day or in the area or just looking to get a beer, that's going to be the spot to get it that day. And where can they go for more info, Chris? Yeah, just go to ABC's Instagram page um, for more info. They've been posting. That is another up- beer co. Yeah, they've been posting a lot of updates and some photos of some of the the brews and kind of little behind the scenes and stuff. So yeah, check them out. All right. And then the other uh, big festival we want to talk about and. New West, friends of the podcast, Steel and Oak, which is always a good time. Yeah, SNO 8, 8th anniversary, which is 
fucking crazy to think that they've been around for eight years. It does not seem like it's been that long. I have no idea where that time went. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's crazy to think about. But I mean, yeah, Jordan on on a couple episodes ago, I mean, he gave us, you know, the lowdown on their kind of storied past and, you know, him building the business. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, eight years, I guess, sounds right. But it's it's still hard to comprehend that it's, it's been that long. But yeah, for their anniversaries, like parties, if if you've been to any in the past, but I know Luke has been and then took a lot of great shots for, for uh, Instagram page. Been to at least three. So, yeah. Nice. And basically what, guys? It's like a big party kind of in the back lot behind the brewery. Mm. Lots of inflatable, yep. inflatable arm flailing tube men. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can't so miss it. You... you can't miss the party. <laughs> so if you've been to Steel and Oak, it's in the back and it's in between the two buildings and that area is fenced off. So it's it's great that that whole area is licensed and you can fit a lot of people back there. They yep. usually have a DJ and a sound system going too. Yep. So, and that's, that's the party actually that I had the before mentioned oysters at, I forget who was actually the vendor for those, but they were some pretty damn good oysters. So yeah, check that out. It's always a good time. There's tons of people back there. A lot of fun, wicked atmosphere. Looks like they're going to have some burgers from serious craving tacos from Berea, YVR, Rocky point ice cream, Mini donuts from Tin Lizzy concessions, and then just I'm sure there's going to be a crap load of other stuff to enjoy. And you know, first and foremost, all the wicked steel and oak beers. And also, I just got back into you know to Canada from a trip, but I did walk by Steel and Oak the other day, and I see that they've kind of I you know noticed that they finished up their renos, so it looks like they kind of expanded their tasting room. There's a new little kind of uh, little seating area sort of stand up bar spot outside as well so it looks like it fit a fit a handful more people so yeah they're doing well they're expanding go check it out check out the renos and swing on by for the anniversary party and that's june 26th from from 12 12 to 5 p.m so you know if if you want to do it right that weekend you go to abc hit up the sours pitch a tent in some park in the west (laughs) (laughs) and then you just wake up Grab yourself a breakfast sando somewhere, maybe a bagel. I don't know. Uh, hit up that 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 Polish bakery, Luke, near your place, maybe. Yep, Kozak. Hit up Kozak's. Ukrainian. Some baked goods and a coffee, and then you just you just head down the hill straight to Steel and Oak. Well, and there's nothing wrong with the staycation. There's a couple lodging places in New West, uh, you know? Yeah, don't actually pitch a tent in the park. And, and if you do, yeah. do not mention that we said we told you to do that. We do not condone that. We do not condone. We're just our legal guy. All right, guys. So, yeah, summertime, things slowly getting back to normal. One of them has been travel, and Luke is back from an extended holiday. And so I thought it would just be just so perfect. And we just hand over the whole segment, Luke's Moments of Wisdom, for him to just recap his trip to Europe. Luke, how was it? The the trip was great. I can hit you with all the cliches like, it went by so fast, which it did. I guess no. cliches are cliches <laughs> because they're true, right? But I guess we just yeah. don't need to say any of them. But it was five weeks, man. Like, like you're saying... You're saying it was just like gone in a flash, like five weeks. Just I mean, it felt like it. Yeah. But you know what? It was it was wicked. And I think the older I get, you know, back when I was younger traveling, there was no desire to come home and you just wanted to stay. And the the last two weeks of a of a three week or a or a four week trip, you're just counting down the days and you're dreading the end. But I think the nice thing about getting old is you just 
are comfortable at home. <laughs> and it's not so bad when a trip ends. Not to say that I didn't want to be there. I loved being there and loved spending time with all my family and, and everybody. But there comes a point where you're just like, my neck can't handle all of these different pillows I've been sleeping on. Um, <laughs> so we just need You're a bit You're going to be of, going to the chiropractor and RMT for the next three months. Yeah. So we just need a little bit of consistency here and that place is home. Um, <laughs> but it was wicked. We traveled with our 10-month-old daughter at the time. Now she's 11 months. So we've been away for five weeks. Uh, she was champ on the plane, but I think we lucked out because we got an empty seat on the long haul flight on the way there. On the way home, we were banking on it again. We were like, you know, fingers crossed. We did the whole, um, it was a three, three and three, the seats, how they're grouped together. So we did the whole thing where we booked the two outer seats and hoped to scare the middle person out <laughs> sitting with us. <laughs> um, oh, what a strategy. Yeah. And did not work on the way home. So when we boarded the plane, jam-packed, there's like people in the overhead compartments. There's just like people everywhere, standing room only. <laughs> so needless to say, when we got to our seats, there was a a woman sitting there and uh, she was quite a glamorous woman. She was, you know, when we travel, we're dressed in sweatpants and just like raggedy old clothes that you don't care about. And then also the heaviest stuff. So you don't put all the weight in your baggage. So it's just like <laughs> dirty old sweaters and sweatpants and, you know, heavy running shoes or whatever. She's got like a fancy dress on and some nice like suede heels. And the first thing our daughter did as soon as we got up to cruising altitude, a glass of red wine was ordered and it was quickly punted over. <laughs> By, no, by our daughter before even one sip could be taken out of that glass. And you know how they fill them on the planes. They're just like right to the brim. Mm -hmm. So our our little seat neighbor there got a a shower of red wine all over her uh, her nice travel attire. We felt oh bad, but she was she was super cool about it. A mother as well. So she knew what at least had some understanding. Of. Yeah, <laughs> that's just unlucky, man. Jeez. <laughs> But overall, good. You know what? Beer wise, I was in Slovakia, which has a pretty, you know, good beer drinking culture. But as far as variety goes, as far as craft, I didn't really have a lot of craft. I did have this uh, one beer. Let me just pull it up here. I think I sent a pic to you too. I have a photo here in our group chat of a Zata Brada something 73. Pulling it out. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll chat about that one in a sec. This. Oh, there's the new here. Yeah. What is it called? Numi? Uh, no, N-I-L-I-O. Oh, Nilio. Yeah. So that's a brewery out of Liptovsky Mikulash, which is like in the between the uh, low Tatras and the high Tatras, which are two mountain ranges in northern Slovakia. And that's kind of one of the only sort of craft beers that I noticed out of Slovakia. But that was a great beer, easy drinking. And Chris, to your point, a lot of the beer styles I was seeing there are just kind of, you know, pretty traditional and classic Pilsners and lagers, golden ales. Uh, I didn't really notice anybody doing any, uh, you know, fruit infusions or sours or anything. So I think 
the way that I drank beer in Slovakia was pretty classic as far as the way people have been drinking it for years there. And, and Aaron, I think the one that you're referring to, that's a beer called Zlaty Bajant, which means golden pheasant. That's mm -hmm. a Slovak classic. Like, would you say like, uh, like the, like the Molson of Slovakia? Yeah, but it's better. It's, I yeah. think those, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like one of the like staple Slovakian beer companies. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a couple tried and true brands that like your family, like if you're drinking beer at the dinner table or around family, like stocking up the fridge, there's a couple just classic Slovakian beer companies? Yeah, absolutely. Zlaty Bajant is one, I'd say that's the biggest one that's available. Smedny Minich, which is Thirsty Monk, is another popular brand. And then there's also Bernard and Gambrinus, which are both, I believe, Czech beers. And then there's the classic Pilsner Urquell, which is a Czech beer that's that mm -hmm. that's like one of the most popular Pilsners. In I think we've all had that at some point. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just kind of kept it simple. I drank a lot of Zlaty Bajant. A lot of golden pheasants were consumed. But you can tell that they're... The pleasant pheasant? The pleasant pheasant. It's a good beer. And you can tell that they're kind of uh, sort of marketing to the younger crowd too. I think that that picture I sent to you, all of the uh, the bottle of Zlaty Bajan, they just did kind of a rebrand of their of their labels from, from how I remember it. And it's got kind of a, a little bit more of a sort of a, a crafty sort of hand, almost like a hand stamped vibe to it as far as design goes. Mm -hmm. So they're they're trying, but it's definitely not like a craft scene here in BC. More traditional, yeah. Yeah, there's some some like deep rooted traditions beer wise there, and I think a lot of people are just happy sticking to that, right? And for good reason because it's, it's wicked yep. beer. You're in Slovakia for a period, visiting family, and then where where else? Uh, we ripped it over to Sicily for a week, so we kind of looked around and we said. There's an airport here in Bratislava, and there's a cheap airline called Ryanair, which I'm sure everybody's heard of, and most people have probably flown if you've ever flown throughout Europe. That's the airline you have to pay for your seatbelt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? That... You don't really need a seatbelt. If the plane's going down, the plane's going down. Seatbelt's not yeah, going to do anything. That seatbelt ain't doing shit. So you might as well save 30 bucks. <laughs> But we they we noticed they fly to Sicily, so we took a little week long vacation there, and I think one of the kind of Sicily had a similar beer vibe uh, to Slovakia, and they kind of stick with their classics. But Bira Moretti, I believe, is a popular Italian beer, and that was flowing like crazy in Sicily, and definitely a few of those were enjoyed. But Sicily's a cool place, and you know we went for the beaches. But I think our favorite part of Sicily was actually sort of driving around the the interior of the island. Some of the landscape there is really cool. And I think if you've seen The Godfather and some of the scenes from, from the movie there, a lot of the small towns and villages throughout the center of the island are built on these little hills. So they're just like clusters of these, you know, hundred and thousand year old buildings just kind of perched up on these tiny cliffs and hills. So if you're ever in Sicily, do not forego the interior of the island because it's a 
it's it's really cool i would say i i preferred it to the uh to the coast and was it uh that of the video that you sent us of your uh, airbnb with your casual castle next next to your airbnb uh, was that also in sicily that was slovakia actually and that's like a that was probably our, our best Airbnb score. So that's in a town called Trenčín, which is a small town sort of two hours away from Bratislava. Wicked town, it's like a university town. So there's like a huge, you know, young population. And we just found this this place on Airbnb and it was right underneath the castle. And it was like twice the size of our apartment in New West. I think we paid like 120 euros for the night. And it was just like fully renovated. Felt like I felt out of place in there. It was just too nice and too good of a spot. So if you're ever by any chance traveling through Trenčín in Slovakia, hit me up. I'll send you the listing there. You have to stay there. Best spot in town for sure. Yeah, that looked crazy from the little video you sent. So, I mean, since this is the moment of wisdom part, now that you have traveled with a little one, what is some advice that you can give somebody? Apart from not having the little one be around open containers of wine, what what, what are some things that you can can suggest? You know what? I think... We kind of lucked out. She was kind of a, a adaptable dream to travel with, but you know, rental cars are a must if you're if you're traveling with a child. We found some of our like most relaxing and enjoying times on this trip were actually just the long drives that we did because you don't have to make sure the kid's not eating rocks or sticking their fingers into electrical sockets, which in Europe are just two twenty. Just like you want to charge your phone, you're plugging into an oven socket. There's some dangerous, <laughs> there's some dangerous voltage flying oh. around there. So yeah, grab yourself rental and enjoy the ride. And the kid's gonna, you know, look out the window and fall asleep, and you can kind of enjoy cruising through Europe. But if I had one sort of funny, awkward story. That's worth sharing as a moment of wisdom. I would say if you speak any language, you know, partially fluently enough to convince a local that you might be a local, learn important words and like, especially words like donation. We went to a small town called Banska Stiavnica, which is a tiny little town in in the hills of Slovakia, a couple hours outside of Bratislava. And one of the things to see there is this little church that's situated up on this the peak of this this little hill. To get there, you park your car and there's like a information center. And we heard that you can park for free there, but you have to go inside this information center and get yourself a parking pass. So I went in there and this was kind of two weeks into our trip. So, and I, I speak Slovak, I think, you know, 80% fluently. So my Slovak was getting better after these two weeks. I felt pretty good, pretty practiced. And I went in there and there was a woman at the reception and I asked for the parking pass and this was all in Slovak. And I had a little conversation with her. To myself, I was thinking, wow, this is probably one of my best conversations to date. This is going really well. And I I wanted to confirm with her that we didn't have to pay to park there or to pay for that parking pass. So I said, like, this parking pass is free, right? We don't have to pay for this. And she said, oh, like, no, it's free. But over here, you can leave a donation if you like. But the word donation, I left Slovakia when I was four. 
So I was never exposed to the word donation. So it was a foreign word to me. I did not understand. But yet, you know, free parking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a combination of two words, right? That's free and parking. Uh, But she said to me... Both in the Slovakian baby book. (laughs) (laughs) But she said to me, you can leave a donation here. And I looked at her dead in the eyes and i said i'm sorry but i do not know that word like i do not know what you just said and i like slowly backed away and i must have looked like such an (laughs) asshole some kid comes in speaks fluent slovak asks if i have to pay to park here then she says oh of course not but you can leave a donation and i say I don't know what you're saying and i walk away holy shit after that, it's not by donation anymore. <laughs> no. So when we got back from the hike, our <laughs> tires were slashed and the, there was key marks in the side of the car. But no, it was. I didn't really think much of it afterwards. But then I told the story to some family members we were staying with in Bratislava and me how ridiculous and stupid I must have looked. <laughs> Cheap Slovak. That's so funny. Backs out from donations. Just slowly backing away is like... At a church. It, it's the- really funny visual like she just asks like it's by donation like just hinting you could throw you know a few dollars and you yep. just start slowly backing away with your hands up i don't know that like, word I, like, <laughs> not no, but like aaron like aaron just mentioned i actually said i'm sorry i do not know that word that you just said yeah she's like he's never even he doesn't even know the word donation there's no <laughs> chance he's actually going to give a donation <laughs> yeah <laughs> The next people that showed up, it was $50 valet minimum. (laughs) If there's one word you can learn in as many languages as possible that will save you from looking like an asshole all over the world, it's donation. Please, thank you. Where's the bathroom and donation? Yeah. (laughs) Right in the top for it. Well, good times, Luke. Glad uh, glad, uh, it went uh, fairly smoothly. Thank you. It was like an epic trip. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. Went by so fast. (laughs) Cliche. And now, have you used up all your vacay days or you still got a couple days? I haven't used any. That was all parental leave. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. So that was another good good part. If you are um, expecting a baby and the birth parent takes a year of vacation. Anywhere in the world except the U.S. Yep. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Important note. If the birth parent takes a year off as far as maternity or parental leave, the partner gets a bonus five weeks. So that's that was the the five weeks that I used up there. So, yeah, shout out to Canada Mm -hmm. and a lot of other countries that do the same. Yeah. Except our neighbors to the south. So, (laughs) yeah, what they get like a bonus five hours down there of of maternity leave. Something like that. Yeah. You like leave the hospital and they're like. (laughs) <laughs> they're like we'll see you in the office in a couple hours yeah you leave the hospital and you're late for work yeah, yeah it's crazy <laughs> pretty much that's actually so messed up mm-hmm. all right so that's one trip down and we got another departure coming chrissy you have a quick whirlwind trip happening don't you yeah i'm um so my wife sabrina through her work she does get to well i mean one of the benefits pre-covid was she did get to travel uh quite a bit so now that traveling is kind of picking up again, she's been away for the last few weeks for conferences and meetings. And yeah, she's going to, she's actually in Seattle right now. She's heading to LA tomorrow. 
So I figured, hey, I'm going to take along. She's got um, some work stuff going on next week. So we said, why not just, you know, head out a few days early, make it a little bit of a vacation. I haven't been to California for quite a a few years. I think the last time I went was with my family when we went on a trip to San Francisco, which was a lot of fun, kind of in my my early 20s. And I, I, I did the whole Disneyland thing back when I was like 12. And then we stayed in Anaheim. But I'm looking forward to experiencing it as like, you know, in my 30s where, you know, it's it's obviously going to be a much different trip than than a family trip. So, yeah, we've got some some restaurants that we want to hit up. We're staying in Beverly Hills because that's where her work stuff is. And, you know, I was trying to look up breweries near Beverly Hills, but I'm pretty sure the rent is a little too high for, for a brewery in Beverly Hills. <laughs> so there's nothing really close. But I found one that's about a, a 50 minute walk away from our hotel. So I think on Monday, when Sabrina's got some work stuff going on, I'm going to go go head out there in the evening, make the walk or rent one of those scooters that you see kind of thrown all over this, just strewn all over the <laughs> sidewalks in LA. I might go rent one of those. Hopefully it's not beat to shit and actually works. But yeah, I'm going to try to at least check out one brewery. And the, the one I found that's like the closest to our hotel, it, it used to be like a tire shop or like an automotive shop. And it's turned into like this like arcade slash brewery. So it actually looks, it looks really cool. And there's a couple of like taco food trucks nearby. So I think when you go to LA too, you got to try to hit up a taco food truck, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So I, I want to do that. And then we also got some tickets to see a show, a comedy show at the comedy store. And I'm really excited about that. When we went to New York a few years ago, we went to the Comedy Cellar, which is like a really well-known comedy club in in New York. And that kind of scratched the the comedy itch. And, you know, anytime uh, there's comedy shows or festivals in Vancouver, we try to get tickets. We were actually just at a show for for the Just for Last Festival a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I'm like, going to LA, we need to go to the comedy store. And uh, Mark Marin is one of the headliners for the night we're going, which... Huge Mark Marin fan from his WTF podcast and some of his Netflix shows. We're excited. Just I haven't been to the US like because of the pandemic for for a few years. So it's just the process to I mean, US is one of the few countries now that is still requiring a like pre-flight test. Really? Uh, and you know, I'm I'm not saying like that, you know, it's bullshit that you have to do this test before. Like whatever the countries decide, okay, like, you know, they're just trying to keep residents safe. But I will say, like, holy crap, like a lot of paperwork and admin work just to get ready to get on this this friggin flight. Like, but yet you can drive over the border completely. That's the thing, right? It's so the problem is, yeah, the consistency. We need consistency with the system. Yeah, it makes no sense. Right. All these people coming across the border, not taking tests. And then I get on a plane and all of a sudden I got to do got to do a covid test, you know, within 24 hours of my flight. And these virtual tests, I mean, Sabrina set it all up for me on the, she made my online profile. She got it like it was pretty much dummy proof. And of course, I almost fucked this thing up like <laughs> right away. So they give you this little QR code. You got to stick on your test. You got to scan it and it hooks you up with like a virtual healthcare professional that administers your test and like supervises. Right. And of course, I ripped the QR code sticker like in half, like right away. We got to get with our sticker guys. Our dad's got to talk to because these stickers they got for these QR codes are fucked. They any are, any, any travel healthcare provider hit us up. We got hit some us up. Yeah. to the yeah. sticker world. They might, although I don't know, 
Maybe your guy, like my guy, like the pixelated QR code, it ain't going to scan. They're all going to look the same. I mean, my guy will just give you all the QR codes in a giant sheet that you got to punch out yourself. So, <laughs> so luckily they give you a backup sticker. And I was just like so shaky trying to put this thing on because I'm like, I don't want to rip this. If I fuck this up, I'm not going to my LA trip. Like, I don't know. I'm not. I got to try to get another kit. You got the tweezers out just trying to peel it off. Pretty much. Yeah, it, it was touch and go there. But yeah, luckily I figured my shit out and got a negative COVID test. So, you know, once you do that, you got to upload everything. Then you got to upload your vaccine documents and you got to do this attestation form that declares that you, you know, have tested negative and yada, 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 check in all this stuff, man, just to get on a a three hour flight. So yeah, I'm just excited to go on a little, little vacation and um, just do something different for, for a few days. Hey, future Aaron here. So the day after that Chris flew, the U.S. updated their policy for COVID and testing is no longer required on flights. So (laughs) way to go, Chris. That sounds like fun. Yeah, the Mexican food is I've, you know, been to Seattle quite a bit. And every time we cross it, it's crazy how close it is. And just the Mexican food is just amazing and so abundant. And I can only imagine from all the travel food shows i've seen about la how wicked that is down there so i am very envious of you if you're familiar with um first we feast the the youtube channel they do hot ones the the hot wings interview show but they also have a series that's on just like popular la kind of taco food trucks and taco taco shops so i've been watching that over the last couple days just get like kind of getting hyped to to go on the trip but all right yeah, stay tuned to the Van Pours IG channel. I mean, I think this is going to be released probably after I go, but or after I get mm-hmm. back. But definitely going to be sharing some of the the Cali beers that that I am enjoying over there. And I found out our hotel is also right beside a Trader Joe's. So I think I'm going to pop right over to Trader Joe's probably the first night we get there and just kind of go through the the beer aisle because usually there's a pretty pretty crazy selection and snacks. The must the must need snacks for the room. So 100. percent well, yep. No trip for me. I mean, I just had a little one a few weeks ago. Uh, had a wellness weekend in Whistler, and that was fantastic. Uh, my friend, who's an acupuncturist, opened up a clinic there uh, during the pandemic, and uh, just sent her a message and was like, "Hey, I'm not really exaggerating. I'm broken. Can you recalibrate me?" And she's like, sure. <laughs> so it was two days of acupuncture and massage and IV ther- IV therapy and neuropathic therapy and stuff. And it was fantastic. The mountain was closed. There was nobody around. I had the entire floor of the hotel to myself. It was a very chilled weekend. So, right. so it's not just uh, the 8K camera yeah. that is why you're glowing. It's like you're literally like you just had a you had a wellness retreat, man. Like that sounds awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend. I mean, it's just switched off and just, yeah. Yeah. What's what's IV therapy? So they made a custom cocktail of different vitamins and electrolytes and stuff uh, based on my needs. So, yeah. So, yeah, there was a whole interview process. And and they it's like in a bag and they drips into your arm. Nice. Yep. You just sit there for 45 minutes and yeah, I started noticing the effects of it like three days after the fact. So really yeah. interesting. What was it like? What did it feel like three days later? Like you just felt like recharged? I was, I was just... Yeah, it was like Popeye with spinach. Like, you know, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You just had huge forearms out of nowhere. You're like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) You got the spinach drip, eh? Yeah. I feel like those kind of popped up like 
like quite a few IV drip places like a few years ago. Like it became a bit of like a popular thing. Like people would go like post post night out, like hit up an IV drip and you would see someone just you'd walk through Yale Town and there you'd look in a window and that you just see an extremely hungover person just sitting there with an IV dripping. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I'm just here with a Gatorade in my hand like a jump and this guy's on the IV drip game. <laughs> I mean I have seen those. I will say that this is an actual healthcare clinic, so it is actual healthcare professionals because I know there was like some dodgy IV things out there. Like, like the ones in Vegas? yeah <laughs> like iv drip freelancers yeah something like that you know they were the people that used to run the oxygen bars remember oxygen bars oh yeah that, that was such a weird concept oxygen bars i never actually tried one of those did you guys ever do one of those no but like no. why were they in shopping malls i don't <laughs> i just got a new pair of jeans at below the belt let me just go just hit up the cinnabon <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let me just go get this green apple oxygen for two hours i just got my limp biscuit t-shirt at hot topic <laughs> and now i need to hit up the oxygen bar <laughs> and then you just go from there straight into cineplex just just fucked up on h2o that's water that's not oxygen o2 oh, 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 that's why that oxygen bar didn't fail it drowned all its customers <laughs> yeah. we're not sure why everybody was keeps dying <laughs> Just pumping water into their lungs. You're like, oh, shit. Wrong recipe. (laughs) (laughs) That derailed quickly. But no, trying to plan a a longer range trip for myself. But uh, the places I want to go have some circumstances that need to see how things pan out. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. things are a little unstable around the world at the moment. So uh, all the places I want to go. Yeah, no, just working on working on some nice little side projects. I have a new podcast idea in mind. Details to come. Uh, maybe I'll tell you guys offline. Won't tell you on yeah. the recording. Keep everybody else. Keep everybody else in suspense. I see Luke has dropped in the group chat here the new template for our Dregs stickers. So uh, I am definitely going to get a quote here because this is a fantastic logo design here. <laughs> Wait, where is this? I got. I, I got to look at this. Oh I, yes, yeah. I feel like we got to do a small run of these at least episode specific right not pixel is this it's not pixelated enough i can still make out the the yeah (laughs) that can be adjusted (laughs) i can work on that i want it to look like (laughs) i just want two pixels white and yellow yeah exactly (laughs) one thing i just want to throw out a little teaser for so luke and i've been working on a little little article in collaboration with the fine folks over at Jägermeister Canada, we've got a buddy over there that works with Jägermeister, and he tasked us with coming up with some some Jäger and beer pairings. So they've got this program called Beer and Deer, where they pair Jägermeister with craft beers. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled on vanpours.com. When this podcast episode is up, we should have that article live on, on vanpours, where we've picked kind of five BC beers that pair with the traditional Jägermeister recipe and then also the Jägermeister cold brew coffee. So a lot of fun researching for that for, you know, our kind of five picks. Sipping, fun fact, sipping Jäger and beers for a extended period of time will get you drunk. That is a fact. (laughs) So (laughs) there's many foggy research sessions with Luke. We actually started this during the pandemic. And yeah, those those Zoom calls quickly escalated into what the hell are we talking about? Looking back at our beer notes the next day. <laughs> 911 calls. <laughs> yeah. Do you say 911 calls? 
<laughs> escalated way too quickly. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And just, I mean, what I realized is like, I know when I was a kid, but drinking, like not a, I shouldn't say a kid, but <laughs> when I was younger, I mean, everybody talks about, yeah, when I was, when I was a, uh, 12 year old young little whippersnapper up in Quonell. Yeah, <laughs> they start you on the Jägermeister early up there. It's funny because my dad actually so hated Jäger bombs. And I remember he once purchased me a two six of Jägermeister um, to share with a friend. And when he found out that we were drinking it with Monster Energy, it wasn't the Jägermeister so much that he had a problem with. It was the fact that we were drinking energy drinks and how those are extremely unhealthy for us. So we got quite the stern talking to about the monster energy drinks, but the Jägermeister was fine. So <laughs> never forget that, that little uh, stern talking from Papa D. But um, yeah, yeah, what I realized in kind of fine, like coming up with these pairings with Luke was that just Jägermeister is a really nice liqueur to sip. Like mm-hmm. it's a complex liqueur. It's got a lot going on. And when you're not just fucking it up with Red Bull <laughs> and just shooting it, like, there's actually a lot of cool like notes and like it's very a very diverse liqueur. So yeah, stay tuned for that article. It was a fun one. All right. I'm looking forward to reading that. All right. Well, it's nice to nice to connect with you guys again. It's nice to just kind of do a somewhat regular show, but we should hunt some guests down. And I guess the big thing is is like I'm just looking through our analytics here. And I mean, we have listeners all across Canada, the US, Australia is our number third most popular country. Really? Followed by the UK, Japan, New Zealand, Germany, Sweden, Brazil, Chile, Finland, France, Singapore, and Switzerland. Nice. Woo-hoo. So if you're listening to us there, let us know. Like the Drake's like Worldwide, baby. Yeah. Flick it, flick it, flick it. Yeah. yeah. Go to the website, send us a voice memo. Yeah. And I don't know how we're going to end that. <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> um, Send us a voice memo and awkward silence. Anyway, guys, it was great to see you. Really looking forward to Vancouver Craft Beer Week. We're going to do some episodes around that, even some on-location recordings. That's going to be uh, a blast. So Hell yeah. And, um, be got a dust, I got to dust off my field kit. Hell yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> field kit, eh? It's, yeah. <laughs> I just got to dust off some shoes. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to like a fossil, like an archaeological, Ar- archaeological i cannot say that word um archaeological dig dust, dust off the field which, site dust off the cargo shorts <laughs> speaking of archaeological digs i gotta give a shout out to the man the legend sir david attenborough he just came out with a new series on dinosaurs and it's amazing That's yeah okay i so, saw the teaser to yeah. this where can i watch this because i've been looking all over where can i see this it's on apple plus <laughs> apple okay yeah. okay i'm on it wicked all right Awesome to see you what a, all. What a on. fucking transition, Aaron. I gotta say, speaking. I can't, I don't know if I've ever heard of say someone transition with speaking of archaeological digs. Could you tell that I've been in radio for twenty two years? Yeah. <laughs> like you've just been waiting for that one for like eighteen years. You've just been like, when can I use the archaeological dig segue? Aaron can transition from anything to anything. Oh boy, those fellows in Congress have done it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Thanks, guys. All right, peace, All right. guys. Have a good night, everybody. See ya.